0: Welcome to the Leadership Upside podcast with Chuck Carringer, where we discuss what successful leaders are doing, saying, and thinking. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Leadership Upside podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Carringer. Our guest today is Nancy Barger. Nancy is the owner of Barger Concepts, which includes the pavilion at Hunter Valley Farm, Tallulah's, and Swank Floral all located in Knoxville, Tennessee. Nancy, welcome to Leadership Upside.
1: Thanks for having me, Chuck.
0: So, Nancy, you are the owner of three small businesses. First of all, how do you do that? And secondly, uh, for context, can you tell us a little bit about each of the businesses?
1: Absolutely. So, I have um, an insane amount of energy um, and creativity that I think kind of drives me to be able to run all three of the businesses. Um, so technically, Burger Concepts owns Swank and Tallulah's. And then the Pavilion at Hunter Valley Farm is its own LLC. And I started with that. So my mom and dad, so my dad was a pilot, corporate pilot. My mom did um, competitive show jumping, which I grew up doing competitive show jumping as well. And I went to Auburn University and got my degree in aviation because I figured that the only way that I could afford to keep doing horses was to fly airplanes with my dad, which I did for 10 wonderful years. So I sat, you know, in the cockpit with him and it was phenomenal. And then the recession hit in 2007 and our boss sold his airplane and we literally could not give a horse away if we tried. So all three of us were basically unemployed, but we owned our farm. And so we kind of just got this crazy idea that maybe we should build an event center because we knew that daddy's little girl would always have her wedding and that high schools would always have prom. This is all pre-COVID, obviously. And that, you know, corporations were always going to have, you know, fiscal celebrations and, you know, all the things. And we'd had a gazillion events on our farm before that. So it wasn't just like we jumped into this not knowing what we were doing. We'd always done events with tents and things like that. And so that's how the pavilion was born. We built a 6,000-square-foot building on a beautiful lake. And waited until we could afford to close it in. And we did that the following year. So we were able to put an HVAC system in and have events year round. And then about two or three years after we opened that, I figured that I needed another income stream because I can only have so many events per year, um, so many dates per se. And so a florist messed up someone's wedding and I went and cut all of my mom's bushes, <laughs> like all of her hydrangeas and all of her ranunculus and all the pretty things. And I ran up to Kroger cause they're across the street and I bought them out of vases and, I figured out that I had like this incredible passion for flower design and all things floral and garden and everything else. One of my, my maternal grandmother is an English gardener and my paternal grandmother was a florist. Um, even though she had passed away when I was little, my dad jokes that I harness her creativity and um, and I kind of went for it. And that allowed me, once I kind of grew that company or it turned into a company, Swank Floral, that I could then do, you know, four or five events per weekend versus just one. And so that, in essence, for cash flow purposes, like tripled our income annually, which was phenomenal. Um, And then after that, my husband and I decided to, uh, about five years ago, create Barger's Beer Truck, which was um, a mobile bar service. If you picture like a food truck, it was like a beer truck. <laughs> and so we drove around all two events, everything that we've always done kind of encapsulated events. And we took um, four antique trucks and retrofitted them with bars. Then we did it with a horse trailer too. So we had five and that took off like wildfire. And we only owned that company for about three years before we figured out that we didn't have enough manpower in our family to like run it all. So we sold that company um, for a healthy profit, which was phenomenal. But in the middle of that company, I have always wanted a clothing store like my whole life. And my mom and my aunts were always like, don't ever do brick and mortar. And I'm not one of those people that takes the word no very um, eloquently per se. I was like, fine. Fine. I put it in an Airstream and we already had the trucks. We had the trailers, we had everything to pull it. So I bought an Airstream and had this little clothing store with my sales manager, Brittany, and it was so fun, but trying to run the event center, deliver flowers, deliver beer trucks. And then we had an Airstream that we had to set up on the weekends. There was just not enough manpower. I couldn't hire enough people or buy enough trucks. It like we had a fleet at that point. We had a fleet discount on our insurance and I was so proud of myself. Um, So we sold the beer trucks on a Friday. We sold the Airstream on a Monday. And then we moved our floral shop and boutique into a space in Rocky Hill together. And all in the same weekend, we bought a flower delivery van and like grew our store exponentially. And so that's kind of how they all came to fruition. And then after paying Um, a lot in CPA fees for all these multiple companies. That's when we decided to go with one parent company because it was less than insurance. It was less than CPA, less than bookkeeping. And so that's where Barger Concepts was born. So it kind of just, it just sits out there and like does the financial end and the insurance end back in in keeping of all of our companies.
0: Yeah, I love that story. And I, I love the history of how you arrived there Nancy, you're you've been very successful as an entrepreneur and and leader. Looking back, how do you come up with the ideas to start the businesses that you've started?
1: Well, that's a great question that um, I really don't know that I can answer. I just think it's one of those things that's a creative process in my own brain, and I sleep with a notepad. And I, you know, at this point. I, um, I have a team of people and I'm sure you've heard me say this before, but that has to say yes to my business idea. So, cause if not, I would have like 400 companies and I would be like trying to run all of them and just be like, this is so fun. Let's try this. So now my husband has to say yes, because he lives with me. My dad has to say yes, because more than likely he's going to build it. My bookkeeper says yes, because she's going to have to figure out how to finance it. Brittany has to say yes, because she's more than likely going to run it. You as my business coach has to say yes, because you make me actually think about things, you know, like business plans and business models. Um, And then I typically get my friend Tammy to say yes, because she's like a member of the outside that has nothing to do with it. So she's kind of like my focus group. So she, you know, tells me if she thinks it would actually work or not. And then we kind of create it, and so we've always joked that I'm like the five thousand dollar entrepreneur. Like I don't mind losing five. I don't. I do mind losing five thousand dollars, but I'm willing to risk, you know, five or ten thousand dollars on a business idea and if it tanks, then I've really only lost five thousand. Where some people lose millions, um, but I have to give it a couple of years too. So that's kind of where I am, you know, with things and how I come up with things, and that just figures. You know, I love what I do and I love going to work and work is kind of like my relaxation place where all of my creativity can flow out. And so that's where my ideas primarily come from is things that I figure out that I absolutely love doing and I figure out how to make money at it.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm curious um, on that $5,000, $10,000 kind of, uh, hey, I'm willing to risk it. Looking back, has there been one that you risk that you, that didn't go as well as all the others? You've been so successful. Have you had one that didn't go well yet?
1: No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, that's a good streak. Let's keep it going.
1: I mean, the beer trucks took a little longer to get off the ground than I thought that they would um, because of of booking cycles. Um, so that one we kind of had to pull a little bit more money out of pocket at the beginning, and it kind of ran into the same issues that the the pavilion did, is we could only have one truck at an event. And that's how we ended up with four within the first year. And then we were really booked some months. We had nothing for some months. So it's just always a learning curve for me. But we've always kind of figured it out.
0: So let me give you this scenario. You've got these experiences that are just priceless. Let's imagine your best friend, someone you really cared about, came to you and said, Hey, Nancy, I've got a great idea and I'm going to start my own business. And they ask you to share some of your lessons learned. What would you tell them?
1: Well, it's funny that you asked me that question because I was on a call with one of the the girls from CoStarters yesterday from the Entrepreneur Center down in Knoxville. And... Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was literally the same conversation. Of course, I don't have any skin in that game. It's not my best friend. But I would say, you know, make sure that there's a market for what you want. And then what most people forget about, I think, is the back end. So, how much is the insurance going to cost? Do I need an attorney for contract signings? Do I have to go through zoning in the MPC? And that stuff I didn't know about and I found out the hard way and it was really expensive. Um, so yeah, it's fun to throw parties and to create beautiful you know, flower arrangements and you know, to have a store. But now I have to make sure that I have products liability insurance. I have to make sure that the zoning is correct for the seven acres that we sit on. I have to make sure that we have insurance in case You know, for lack of a better term, a drunk Grimsman jumps in the lake um, and drowns. And so there are just so many things on the back end that most people don't think about that that's what they really need to concentrate on at the beginning. And that needs to be part of your business plan and part of your business model and talk to people. There's a lot of people out there like me that have no problem sharing their secrets whatsoever and helping people kind of create and streamline their company.
0: You know, that's, that's a great reminder. And if you've not lived it, you really wouldn't know about all the back-end cost and challenges that are possible to jump up and bite you. And you, if you don't know about them, it, it could be a problem. And that's a great reminder. A lot of times when we start a business, we have a passion and we have maybe a skill or an opportunity and we say, let's go do it. And there's a lot of things that maybe are a bit more hidden that you don't recognize that can cause you a problem?
1: Well, you know, tax code for me was weird. I was just like, oh, well, you just always charge sales tax. No, there's different tax codes for the city versus the county. Like on our pavilion, our tables and chairs are taxable, but the facility fee is not because you can't pick it up and take it home with you. So it was intangible versus tangible products for us that we had to figure out and get with the IRS and all of that kind of stuff. So it was figuring that stuff out. And I was a single mom in my late twenties. I didn't I didn't know anything from a hole in the ground. It was all a figuring out process from there.
0: <laughs> well, you've done very well figuring it out. Thank Nancy, you. Uh, as a business owner, you've experienced some tough times. You went through a severe flood that impacted the pavilion greatly. And of course, We're still just navigating through this COVID-19 season that's prohibited or very limited gatherings. How did you keep going?
1: Uh, um, A lot of friends, to be honest with you. So when we flooded, we had almost two feet of water in our building and we were down for merely six weeks. And that's record-breaking time. And I did a lot of self-reflection. Um, I'm a very faithful person. So I really relied on God for everything, including all of my patients. Um, because I really think that in the long run, had I, for lack of a better term, got my drawers in a wad and yelled at everybody, our contractor wouldn't have come in in the middle of the night to finish the sheetrock. Literally at midnight, they came because nobody was there and it was easier to sand. You know, our ceiling actually got damaged in a flood, which is kind of weird, but the condensation reached the ceiling and it tore up our ceiling as well. And so finding people that were willing to work with us and help us through it, especially one that didn't need to get paid until our insurance company um, agreed on it six months later was a great thing. And then with COVID, well, I go back to that. We have a a very wonderful working relationship with our wedding community. And I reached out to one of our favorite wedding planners who has zero to do with our business, doesn't work for us, doesn't work for me. She's just a great friend and ally. And we flooded on a Sunday morning. And by Sunday afternoon, she had three venues up, lined up for each one of our brides that were impacted for them to choose from and reached out to those venues on our behalf. And I really think that if we didn't have those kind of working relationships with our friends in the community, we don't really see as anybody as competitors, which I know is probably weird, but we all offer something different. And so for us to be able to just to call her and say, hey, I need your help, which is very hard for somebody like me to do because I feel like it's my responsibility. And for her to have stepped up and done that, I think it was great. And then with COVID, I very quickly realized that my mental health was in jeopardy um, and reached out to a really good friend of mine who um, is an OBGYN and I talked to her. Uh, I remember calling you too, actually, and having basically what you know equals a nervous breakdown, but um, I got the help that I needed and it really taught me how to relax and deal with the anxiety that I have. And then that in turn helped me remain calm for all three of our companies and all of our employees because you know they're over there they're not know they don't know if they're going to have a job tomorrow I didn't get a paycheck for eight months so I realized the fear that my employees had as well seeing everything in the news seeing the unemployment rates go skyrocket through the roof and so in order for me to be calm I needed to do that for not just me but for the entire team of people that is under me and When you work for us, you work for our family, and I treat you like family, and we have a very, very low turnover in our full-time employee staff, and I don't take that for granted. And talking to the bookkeeper and knowing that there was going to be relief out there and then finding those, we just got two checks from the state for the surge fund, which is a women-owned business grant or a minority-owned business grant. Um, and finding those you know resources that are out there was imperative to keeping our companies up and going.
0: You know, Nancy, there was so much in your answer. Uh, first of all, I, I just love your toughness and determination. It'd have been easy, uh, at least during those two seasons, to say, you know what, this has been a good run. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna let somebody else take a turn at, at this. I uh-huh. love what you said about as leaders, we. We set an example, and um, if we're you know not setting the example that that we want others to follow, it's hard for them to follow. Yeah. Um, I love that, and I also love what you said about how you care for your staff. But you do have low turnover. Uh, in an industry that's known for pretty high turnover, uh, you treat your, your team well. I know you have a huge uh, value uh, for everybody on your team. Um, fantastic that you were able to navigate your way through that. Um, you know, still even today, when I think back to the flood and in this past year with COVID, um, you know, man, I, I just uh, recognize how determined you have been to keep going. Way to go.
1: Thank you. I just, you know, when you said just to kind of turn it over and let somebody else do it, I don't, that's not in my, DNA. I don't know how to give something up or to stop doing it. It just, that never even registered with me, which I don't, I think that's a lot of entrepreneurs um, is, and and leaders is, that's just not an option. It's just not, (laughs) there's no other ifs, ands, or buts. That's just not an option.
0: Yeah. I love it. So Nancy, you named a group of people a little while ago, kind of your core team that that you want to give you advice and and somewhat approve you know your ventures. You recognize you're, you're an idea a minute and you could see something and start another business tomorrow. Uh, everybody on that list is going to be really interested in the question I'm about to ask you. If you were going to start a new business tomorrow, what would it be?
1: Well, um it it's already started a little bit um kind of and and I'm not going to put a whole lot I'm not going to I'm not going to put all of myself in this one because this one for me is just something for me to do creatively in what we call our off season but I started during quarantine uh we just kind of nicknamed it shotgun creative um which I think you're going to ask me about that in a few minutes too but Um, we are building furniture for clients and redoing homes. So I can go in, we can knock out walls and do that. But what we're really doing is more home styling. So I figured out that a lot of my friends, which has now turned into a lot of clients and then their friends and more clients can't that you know they they've sat in their house for a year looking at things and they don't like it or they don't know where to put things and so I've been going into houses I'm on my sixth or seventh house this week going in and restyling so taking you know something out of your bedroom that needs to go in the living room or your living room that needs to go in the office or moving a rug from one room to another And it's very minimal on the financial part. Like we may have to go buy a new rug or buy new drapes or do something like that. And where we started with, Hey, this is my trouble room. 95% of the time it's turned into their whole house (laughs) because if I steal something out of one room, now we have got to redo that room. And so um, I just picked up another house today, which is great. And so, you know, it's definitely not, um, a huge income stream right now. I definitely think it could be the more houses that we do, but it really through the slow season process has gotten my creativity out. So I don't do this to my own house and cost myself money or drive my husband insane. Cause he doesn't have anywhere to sit. Cause I sold the couch on Facebook again. Um, and so It's just fun. And I love, I build with my dad and it's great bonding time with him. And we get out in our barn and we get dirty and I have wood in my hair and I have mud on my boots. And I'm doing outsides too. Um, I'm doing a landscape job tomorrow. And so it just, it really just harnesses my creativity into someone else's house instead of mine.
0: Nancy, I've seen some of the before and after photos of your work in this you know, most recent venture. I kind of even forgot about that. you were When I was naming your businesses, I somewhat forgot that that, that one had already somewhat launched. I would have included number four, Shotgun Creative, in the, uh, in the mix there. I'm curious about something. You've got such an eye for the design. Is that a quality someone can learn, or do you either have it or you don't?
1: I kind of think it that you have it or you don't. I think that you can learn skills um, in school or in classes like I can't take pictures. I suck at being a photographer. I took a class, I didn't enjoy it and I don't have a passion for it. I'd rather a professional come in and take pictures for us. So I think that if you have a passion for it, then you can learn certain aspects. But I also just think that it's something that you're kind of born with innately.
0: Well, I don't have it. So (laughs) when you show me the pictures, I always am amazed at how you came up with the idea. Like I, I I don't, when you show me the before, I don't, I can't envision the after. And you've done some incredible work in this newest venture. Hey, I'm curious. What are you most proud of about what you have done on the business side? Your three businesses, four, if we throw in shotgun creative, what are you most proud of?
1: This is going to sound really odd, but being self-employed and my businesses growing organically, which means we haven't really pressed it. They've just kind of grown year by year. It's allowed me to spend a lot of time with my kids that are growing and my husband and my dad um, because I'm they're only going to be little once and you know, my dad's aging. And so having that flexibility with both income and time has been amazing for me.
0: Nancy, when you're not working, which you've got at least three businesses, and I think we've revealed a fourth on the podcast. Uh, When you're not working, what do you do that brings you joy and satisfaction and kind of recharges your batteries?
1: Oh, man. Okay. So I figured out that the reason that I love the two things I'm about to say is because I, I have to focus on them, which means I can't focus on anything else. And I, I'm pretty sure that that's my problem: is I like I overfocus on things. But um, I shoot, um, I shoot skeet and trap and pistols and any other type of device that'll either go boom or blow up, which is so fun to me. Um, I don't, I don't know where that passion came from, but I did the FBI Citizens Academy. They let me blow up a bomb, and I was like, this is the greatest thing ever, um, and and my dad's always been passionate about guns. We've always collected guns. Um, and so I've got some really cool things. My My aunt, uh, in quotations, who's not really my aunt, but she's pretty much helped raise me since I was a kid, was my mom's best friend. She um, shoots skeet and teaches handgun safety classes. And so it gives us some time to, you know, together to do that. And our skeet team's name is Guns and Roses, which is hilarious. It's all girls. We're like one of the only all girls skeet teams. Um, I'm not very good at it, and I don't even care because it's just fun, you know, pull the trigger. And the other thing is, um, which I can't do a whole lot of right now because I um, I have a frayed rotator cuff, which means I'm old. I didn't even tear it. It just gradually has like come apart. But I love to shoot pool with my husband and my kids. Because um, again, you have to concentrate on that or throwing darts or, you know, of course it's something physical. And in the summer, we play cornhole just about every night um, outside. And so that and playing with my dogs, I don't read. I should I want to, but it's just boring. I don't sit still well. (laughs) I haven't figured that out yet.
0: (laughs) I love it, Nancy. I I appreciate you sharing those more personal aspects uh, and how you kind of recharge yourself. Anything else you'd like to mention uh, today?
1: Um, I will say too, in the recharging, on Wednesday nights, I go to Bible study um, at one of my best friend's house and having a couple hours with the lady friends and talking about, you know, our lives together and our lives in faith, um, that really keeps me grounded. And I think that it's very important to find a group of people with your like mind that you can try to relax with and kind of unload on and pray with and do those things. So I think that that's, you know, very, very important. And I think that family time is very important. That took me a long time to figure out the first seven years of my main company, The Pavilion, you know, when you're growing a company, you're working there 20 hours a day, whether it's physically working or mentally doing it. And it really made me realize I need to, you know, hang out with my kids. So I try, I try at least five nights a week. We all have dinner together and we turn off phones and we play games. And I think that your family time is just as important for your mental health as my Loft is. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Nancy, thank you so much for being on Leadership Upside today. It's been fantastic.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Leadership Upside, where we discuss what successful leaders in diverse organizations are doing, saying, and thinking. Today, our guest has been Nancy Barger. If you'd like to co- connect with Nancy or learn more about Barger Concepts, you can email her at nancy at Leaders, lead well today. Until next time on Leadership Upside, thanks for listening.